there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. It's that time of the week. Advanced medicine is in. Dr. Batar is in. And, uh, uh, well, your immune system should be on uh, if you don't want to suffer. So, uh, Dr. Batar, help us out, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well, Robert. How are you? Yeah, doing well. I just got back from a trip. Uh, I don't even know where I went. I was in Indiana, Chicago, and then I went to Dallas. And uh, then next, this is the end of this week. I got to head to Florida again. So we've been on the road. I'm trying to keep up with you, my friend. Well, I'm uh, I'm actually not uh, mobile right now, but I will be another two days. So just in a different place. Uh, I'm actually getting a lot of information right now coming in saying that connection isn't that good. So I don't know. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, as long as you stay close to the microphone, we can hear you and, and make out what you're saying. That's important. Obviously, the video side of this thing is secondary, but uh, we've got it going on. And, and in fact, I want to open up our, our friend, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. She's got a site called Vaxter, and there's some good articles out there. Uh, this latest one I, I started covering last week, is, um, or even before, the mysterious return of polio-like illnesses. This is the way they do it. It's not polio, but it's like polio. Now, we've talked about the different things that it is called, acute flaccid myelitis, acute flaccid paralysis, uh, Guillain-Barre, and there are a whole lot of ways to describe this thing. But it's now where it was reported in one small cluster. They're saying it's breaking out in a lot of cases, potentially 87 new cases all over the place, happening in young people, kids, teens. And I'm thinking, is anybody bringing up the V word, vaccination? Is this another one of those hot lots, or is it just that the kids that are getting vaccinated, Dr. Batar, are weakening over time so that we're going to expect to see a lot more of this occur? Well, certainly that is the first thing that comes to mind. Now, when you go back and look at Liam Sheff's information and uh, the association with the symptoms of polio, and then looking at the instance of polio and looking at the instance of the usage of DDT, mm. and you see that you can superimpose both of those graphs. They're almost identical, just, what, displaced 18 months apart, two years apart, something like that? Right. Um, my, my first component, my first question would be, what component in the insecticide, pesticide, fertilizer, you know, some other use of some other industrial compound that could be very similar to DDT is being used. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind would be something that, I mean, I have no idea what the glyphosate would be in that same category or, or, or does something similar to the human physiology. I don't know. But that would be just a very prevalent, prevalently used component. And I would have expected if it was something like that, that would have been manifested a lot earlier. But then maybe there's some type of a new chemical that's being utilized uh, or industrial at least now being used in that industry that would be around those areas. Maybe we need to look at that. Of mm -hmm. course, the vaccination aspect, weakening their system, that's a very, very big aspect. But then, Robert, the question would be, there have been a lot of vaccinations being used. Why would this one pocket, you know, the polio-like symptoms start from just a, uh, just from a, you know, the, the 
current use of vaccinations. Wouldn't you expect that to be more prevalent if that was what it was? Well, and, and that's the you know the reason I asked the question. Could it be a hot lot from China, for instance? Because so, you know they they're importing this stuff, or could it be again over time as we see the weakening of successive generations? Which one is the straw? Which shot is the straw that breaks the camel's back? And you know we can see in clusters that there's a weakening. You you rightly brought up the issue of pesticides and other harmful neurotoxic chemicals, and glyphosate is impairing and displacing certain key things for immunity and improper immune response. So. It is absolutely within the realm of everything that should be investigated. But the CDC is not looking, according to what they're, they're not saying, apparently, into anything like what we're talking about. Right. And this is one of the problems. So the Centers for Disease Control have those two teams. We've talked about that before. They've got the infectious disease control component or, or the infection team, the one that's looking for the virus, the bacteria, the whatever may be causing this. And that's the one that gets all the, the fame and all the accolades, right? And then you've got the secondary stepchild team, which is the toxicology team, which doesn't get any of the fanfare that the infectious disease team gets. And it's really that team, the toxicology team, that I would want to inquire from, you know, what mm-hmm. has been found there. Nobody's talking to them, of course. They're going to jump on the polio aspect, right? Because Obviously, it's not going to be conducive to the vaccine agenda to say that people are being damaged by vaccines uh, to and, and, and creating this thing with polio. And, of course, they would never admit it, even if it was. It would just be brushed underneath the rug. But I would really want to know what the toxicology team is saying, because I suspect that that's probably more likely some type of new chemical, something new that's been introduced. Because if it was a vaccine, we would have seen this earlier on. Yeah, well, again, is there a change in the vaccine ingredient from one lot to the next, a different manufacturer? I mean, these are things we don't have answers for, but I think if you're an investigator, you have to ask, what is common to all of these exposures? They are now saying that it's not one virus. They are finding viruses. They always have to find viruses. But remember, that's like the firemen are showing up for the fire, and then, as you've said for so many years, you say the firemen are the cause of the fire. Well, they're out trying to put it. So is the virus the cause? No, I would argue it's not, just like you talk about DDT leading to paralysis, and then they say, oh, it's uh, an enterovirus run amok. But normal enteroviruses, normal interaction with enteroviruses don't even bring symptoms for healthy adults, for for healthy children. So, you know, what is it that's weakening this group? Yeah. What is weakening? They're not susceptible. It is weakening. You're absolutely right. They're not susceptible. Their immune systems are intact. So they they have no issue that it's, it's, again, the opportunistic aspect in the seven toxicities. When I talk about the third toxicity, the opportunistic, they need to have an opportunity. That opportunity is an immune system that's been that's been damaged, that's been rendered neutral or, or no longer functional. Mm-hmm. Um, heavy metals can induce that. The persistent organic pollutants can induce that. Any of the toxins can induce that. But the point being, there is something that caused, some type of trigger that caused the immune system to no longer function that then prevents, uh, that then presents the opportunity for these opportunistic things to set mm-hmm. up house. That's exactly what it is. Now, we, we just got a link to another article on polio-like viruses or illnesses. This one's specific from the health, World Health Organization. Uh, they're patting themselves on the back for eradicating, as they call it, the wild-type polio from certain regions of the world. Uh, and, in fact, the, the WHO has a strategic plan to completely remove the oral polio vaccine from worldwide use. The oral polio is a, wild, a live virus vaccine, and according to the WHO, over 90% of paralytic polio cases have been due to the circulating vaccine-derived polioviruses, meaning that the vaccine is the primary cause 
of the thing that they claim to be trying to prevent. So if they say, we've eradicated the wild type strain, hooray. What do they say about all the other strain? The only thing that's really causing it is their, their, their vaccine. Right. This is the same thing with the, the case in Disney World that was broke, that broke out with the... Uh, the measles. What was that? With the measles, that's right. So when they did the, you know, they talked about these are children that aren't getting vaccinated, this, that, the other, except that one astute physician actually ended up doing viral titers and tried to determine what strain of measles this actually was. And it was not the wild strain of measles. It was actually, as you said, a vaccine, a measles strain that was actually synthetic or that we're using in the vaccines that was supposed to be attenuated. But again, it's not always, it's not always attenuated. So the point being that this polio thing that you're talking about, the same situation, we are having more individuals that are breaking out from actually the vaccine, which again, mm-hmm. remember the vaccine is supposed to introduce some type of component, some type of antigen that is supposed to either mimic or actually is the, the same virus or bacteria, whatever it is that causes pathogenesis, but it's not been killed. And so it's supposed to now mount a response. But if it's not completely killed, and or if it's a, a synthetic type, then when you do those titers, that, that's revealed. It shows that it's not the wild, it's not the one that actually uh, is causing the issue in nature. That's what we saw with the measles. I would not mm-hmm. be surprised if this is exactly the cause of the polio. Because yeah. has anybody looked at these children with a breakout? Have they recently had a polio vaccine? Did somebody feel that they were at risk and then give them uh, the oral polio? Who knows? But the fact that the who has already... That the World Health Organization has already uh, pointed this out. Did you say 90%? Is that what you said? Yeah, 90%. Now, of course, we don't typically hear about the live or oral vir- virus polio vaccine being utilized in the United States. But, you know, if we acknowledge that many vaccines have a known side effect of neurological uh, paralysis, like they call Guillain-Barre, or now they're calling a few, acute flaccid myelitis. I just covered a story earlier about the, even the hepatitis B vaccine. Three studies out of China over the last five or so years have indicated that there's a brain inflammation in the hippocampus resulting in abnormal development into adulthood. You know, so we're talking the very first shot. You've got a delayed onset of debilitation within the brain and nervous system. It's not always instantaneous, so that's why I say which shot is the one that breaks the camel's back? It could be the accumulation because none of those shots have been tested together. The schedule is completely unscientific. There's no sound science to say this is the schedule. You should keep to it because, well, the CDC says so. Right. On top of that, you know, things like hepatitis B, the patient population that's going to be susceptible to hepatitis B are people that are promiscuous, people that are using IV drugs and or healthcare providers because they're being exposed to that, those two populations. So it's healthcare providers prostitutes, IV drug users. And so if that's really the case, then why are we vaccinating our children for hepatitis B? Because are we really concerned that from the first day on the planet till the 10 years of life, because remember, hepatitis B has to be repeated every 10 years anyway for it to be reset. So do we really think that our children that are being born, that within the first 10 years of life will become an IV drug user, a prostitute, or a healthcare provider? And the obvious answer is no. So why are we giving hepatitis B to children on the first day on the planet? It's absolutely ridiculous. And Dr. Batar, what was even more shocking about that article, they said that 70% of all neonates on planet Earth. Now, again, I don't know how broadly based if they're talking about every, but if they're born in a hospital, 70% of neonates are receiving this hepatitis B vaccine. I'm like, wow, the world has been taken over. We, I mean, it, you talk about global domination, 70% of all babies being given a hep B shot. That's sad. That's scary. It's very, very scary, and it's happening all over the place, and this is completely unnecessary 
utilization of, of uh, substances that are only going to cause a damage in a neonate. So the first day of the planet, their immune systems aren't even capable of mounting an immune response until they're six months to a year of age anyway. So why yeah. are we doing this? All the other additives and adjuncts, that's terrible. No, it is. And you got you got to go. There's a nefarious scheme afoot. This is not. I mean, how many doctors can be this ignorant? So, uh, well, Dr. Batar, you'll let us know about that after the break. Also, uh, concerns about they call them unvaccinated growing. But again, I, I take issue with the name unvaccinated. I, I think non. But we'll talk about that, too. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, y'all, it's uh, Advanced Medicine. You go to advancedmedicine.com and you'll find awesome stuff there, including links to the archives of all the Advanced Medicine shows we've done over the years. You used to find them at medicalrewind.com. You probably still can. We also have links up through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, UK Health Radio, and live here on YouTube and available later uh, to watch at your leisure. Dr. Rasha Batar is here. We talk, uh, they had the webinar last week through the IDFW. If you aren't a member of that, when you go to advancedmedicine.com, you can use the invitation code 1358 to plug in to all the things we can't talk about on the air. Now, Dr. Batar, I was asking you at the break, when you mentioned about the Hep B shot, and I mentioned 70% of neonates on planet Earth born in hospitals getting this thing. Haven't they figured out, doctors, they've got, they've got medical degrees, and I call them degrees often, that there is no immune response possible at that age when they're giving them at, in, at zero to 24 hours? Well, this is the thing that's so amazing because obviously pediatricians know this. Uh, they have to know this because we're all taught this relatively early in medical school. In the second year in, in your didactics, you're going to have learned it by then. And then certainly when you're doing clinical rotations and when you do the feeds rotations, but for pediatricians that have already done a three-, four-year residency in pediatrics, they know this. They know how the immune system develops, they know when it develops, et cetera, et cetera. But then when they talk about the, the importance of vaccination, that's the first disconnect for me. Like, wait a second, where did you, you know, it's kind of like the, the thought process and amalgam, mercury, 50% by weight. You drop it on the ground before you put it in somebody's mouth, you have to wall it off as a hazardous weight or hazardous, hazardous spill, you have to call in OSHA, you have to dispose of it through biohazard bags. So my question is, what type of metamorphosis occurs, what type of alchemic process occurs that you can take this hazardous material that you have to discard in a biohazard bag or a biohazard container, and now you put it in somebody's mouth and it suddenly becomes safe? It's the same concept here with the vaccine. How can you take something that is so um, supposed to be so beneficial and give it to a, a infant when you know that their immune system can't even create antibodies till they're six months or to a year of age anyway. So, what, what, you know, and you being the expert, i.e. pediatrician, you already know this, so why are you doing it? And then on top of that, the adding insult to injury, what you and I covered on the air probably, what, four months ago, was when the pediatricians came out and there was a specific component where they were pushing the importance of being aware of toxicological substances that there were children being exposed to. Do you remember that? I don't remember what that was about, but it was something about where the P American Academy of Pediatrics was talking to parents how important yeah. it was 
make sure children are kept safe from toxic like oh yeah additives in their food preservatives i mean yeah that's what it was added that's what it was added to the food forget about the poisons we're injecting into them right for if you if you concentrate those things in a syringe then it's okay then it's okay and again robert talking so much i think i spit all the screen so anybody watching me face you know what? I'm just glad you weren't drinking grape juice for the moment because that would have been ugly. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, we harvested pounds and pounds, tens of pounds of, of grapes with seeds in them that smell like f- fragrances from heaven. It's amazing. And so we juiced a lot of it. And I, I took a shot of it on the air last hour. Uh, but just amazing uh, when you have a garden, how fresh the grapes. I just, I've never experienced that. All the seedless, even organic grapes have nothing like the flavor and, and then the smells and all the uh, polyphenols, the antioxidants. So again, let your food be your medicine, folks, and stop with the insanity of letting doctors inject your babies the, the day they're born, much less any point in time, which leads us to our next story, which we're only going to be able to touch on Robert, for a moment Robert, before, before. Yes, go ahead. Before you say that, I mean, do we have enough? I just want to say one thing. Yeah. Remember, for the people that are listening, Robert and I have said this many times. I've said this on stage. I've said this on, on the air. We are not anti-vaccine. We are anti-stupidity, and that is an extremely important distinction to make because to the concept of vaccine to introduce a virus, a virus that's been killed, or some type of antigenic component or some type of bacteria into an individual to mount an immune response, I am all for that. I'm not for formaldehyde and mercury and nickel and mm-hmm. DNA addicts and other species being given with other immunosuppressive agents into a baby when they can't even mount an immune response. I'm not for right. that. So what? that is the difference. You know what? Kids are smarter than doctors because, you know, they're out there in the dirt, playing in the dirt. They put their, their hands right. that are dirty in their mouth because, they, guess what? They're inoculating themselves. This is how nature has set the stage. Not to concentrate and inject toxic poisons. That is stupid. And that's why we're against stupidity here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, especially advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. All right, we'll get into the quiet rise in what they're calling unvaccinated children. And is it really going to put the U.S. at risk of outbreaks or are the outbreaks happening because of the vaccinated children? We're going to get to that after this break. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show, advanced medicine edition with Dr. Rasha Bittar. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, we are rocking the health world with my good buddy, Dr. Rashid Bittar. Advanced medicine each and every week at this time. Uh, listen, don't try this at home unless you're properly skilled and schooled in what we're doing here. And, and once you are, you will have the power to heal once again that you've always had. You just forgot you had it or others were trying to convince you that you didn't have it. But you lost it. We're just here to point the way. Hey, there it is. Go get it. Well, actually, it's right where you are. Dr. Batar, it's right where you are, too. I appreciate that, Robert. <laughs> so I want to talk about this. You sent this article to me in Super D earlier in the week, last week. A quiet rise in unvaccinated children could put the U.S. at risk of outbreaks. Now, I, I think this is an outrageous headline, first of all, because unvaccinated is not real. It doesn't exist. It's a, it's a phony word. Non-vaccinated would be accurate. But... To think that it's the non-vaccinated people, like they're all carriers of something, when the reality is what we're finding is those who are vaccinated are shedding 
for instance, viral particles, or maybe carriers, in fact, asymptomatically because of the artificial suppression that can take place with a vaccination. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So this is this particular article was just outrageous. It really angered me when I read it. And I didn't even really know. I mean, I was so angry. I just sent it to you and Super Don, and I had to shut my computer because I, I, was, I was really angry. This is, it's, it's not just the information, which obviously we know how erroneous it is, but it's the source of the information, which you would think if there was truth in media, at least this, uh, you know, the fake news that is talked about now, we know how fake news is. We, we, mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who has really looked at this issue, they know how fake news is. You know, you, you talk about America, you talk about vaccines, you talk about amalgams, you talk about all, the way it's all suppressed. So there's a, this is just, we're talking about from a health standpoint, but you can look at many different industries. There's a lot of fake news. The message that the powers that be want to put out, that's what they're going to put out. But what really is outrageous to me is that the one source that you would think, PBS of all the bodies, you would think that they would be beyond being manipulated by the powers that be because they're, they're, they don't advertise, they don't have commercials running, they're not making revenue from these uh, pharmaceutical companies. You would think that there would be truth there. You would think that they would have the, the integrity to provide the information without any influence from advertisers and giving the public truly what the public wants, which is true information. No, they're just as corrupt, if not worse. Well, yeah, and the fact is, even though they don't take officially take advertising, you'll see sometimes, you know, this program brought to you by a grant from, and they'll say Merck or GSK. So there's a way that they find to support without being, we're not actually advertising, but of course, editorializing against those who give you money is not good for business. Yeah, yep, you're exactly right. And this is the headline that they've got here, vaccine save lives according to science. This is, this, is a, this is a hypocrisy. Vaccines save lives, and they know that that's a BS line. So they say, according to science. No, science doesn't show that. The, the, the studies that had an agenda, because the science clearly shows that you shouldn't be giving vaccines. The science has been conclusively shown. Everything from Brubaker to, I mean, all, all the different research that's been done shows mm-hmm. what the truth is. But they don't want that information to get out there. Dr. Batar, this past weekend, I was lecturing. I did a CE and CME lecture on silver, which from time to time I'll do with a Ph.D. researcher on silver nanotechnology. He used to be from the government. He worked for NIST, N-I-S-T, in the government. Fascinating. And we went really, we did deep dives into the science of silver, for instance. But what was interesting, at one point, I said to this group, largely nutritionists, but there were some doctors, medical and otherwise there. And I said, at one point, I just wanted to, you know, as I was talking about the, the immune system and vaccination, I said, you know, because of the silver things I've learned and know, I, I have never given an antibiotic to my children. And by the way, they've never once had a vaccine. Now, afterwards, I mean, there was some applause for those who, and I wasn't going for applause, but it was just like, you get a sense of the audience. At the end, I talked with a PhD researcher from the University of Georgia. Uh, really, someone who was amazingly smart, I could tell, I think Ann Summers was her name, PhD, and she's gone heavily into the issue of mercury. And she's, she has seen antibiotic resistance exacerbated in the presence of patients who have a mercury burden. So this woman really knows some stuff. But she said, I heard you say that about the vaccine thing, but did you get your kids, you know, over to, you know, get them to get 
the actual disease? Did you get them measles? Did you get them chicken pox? I said, oh, heck yeah. The moment I heard somebody with measles or chicken pox, I got my kids over like we had a little party. She says, oh, thank right. goodness. Thank goodness. Because, you know, it isn't enough then to say, oh, I'm not vaccinated. You need to get these kids exposed because it's a, it's a rite of passage. It strengthens their immune system. It helps them to develop into healthier adults to prevent chronic debilitating degenerative diseases of any and all kinds later in life. Yeah, this isn't rocket science. This is how the creator designed us to be able to protect ourselves. So it's, it's a system that's already true and tried. It's allowed humans to be on this planet, no matter what your belief system is, you know, if it's 10,000 years or millions of years of evolution, whichever one of your belief systems is, we've been here without vaccines. Vaccines were just introduced, what, 100, 120 years ago? All of a sudden, now we're so worried about survival of the human race that we're mm-hmm. already reproducing worse than, you know, we're like cockroaches. We're already taken over. We're annihilating other species. We're ruining ecological systems so that other species can't survive. Are we really that worried about the survival of the human species that we're not so going to start? No, we're not concerned about the human survival. Again, I'm going to open up a can of worms that I know that you don't want me to open up, Robert. But, you know, there is a nefarious agenda at foot here. Because mm-hmm. if this was really going, if this was really about saving lives, we wouldn't be dumbing down our population. We wouldn't have one in 28 or one in 30 kids, whatever it is, yeah. being affected by autism. There's something going on. There's no such thing as a genetic epidemic. Okay, it right. doesn't happen that way. And they so, go to P- Peter Hotez, that liar on vaccines, talking about the one in a million adverse events. You're more, you're more likely to get killed by lightning. And, yeah, and here, this... Billion. This is a, this is a, this guy needs to know what math is. He needs to understand how many zeros are at the end of a million. He yeah. doesn't understand that. Uh, yeah, this is, and this is a great paragraph here in this article that PBS put out. A child who hasn't received the measles, uh, if this is true, all right, let's listen. A child who hasn't received the, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine is 35 times more likely to contract measles than a vaccinated child. Well, that's my point. That's good, not bad. They're thinking, oh, well, that's no, that's good. That's good. That means that those children will be healthier than the ones that are asymptomatic because they've been suppressed. Now they don't have developed, haven't developed real immunity. And so the idea, Robert, Robert, you need to repeat that because that is so important. You see the misinformation, how they they spin it. So say that again. That's crucial. Which part? The part about the the instance of getting, acquiring, um, the measles if you if you have not had a vaccine yeah if you haven't had the mmr vaccine you're 35 times more likely to contract measles than a vaccinated child and that's not bad news good news for the people that are not vaccinated because you want to as this phd researcher confronted me about it she's like it's not enough to not vaccinate you've now got to get it and that's a good thing and it's we've been programmed to think my gosh the worst the end the worst end of the world if a kid gets measles but these are self-limiting conditions that are going to help to entrain and um, make the immune system stronger the way it was designed to be. To try to stamp out uh, these types of things like, oh, I don't want my child to get this, or I don't want my child to get that, that's not the right thing. Now, I- I'm a person that we don't wear shoes inside the house, we wash our hands, we don't want to pick up infections, but at the same time, we want to help the immune system to become stronger and more resilient so that it can deal with other things that become even more prevalent, okay? Mm-hmm. There's other things the virus causes. There's a viral etiology of cancer, for example. Yes, there's other there's toxicity, but there's a viral etiology of cancer. In fact, there's a textbook that I've discovered written in the 1950s, and that's been one of my key points of looking at how viruses are trying... Well, this is another topic, so we won't get into <laughs> it. But my point is exactly to yeah. further your statement, 
that we want our children to not only not be vaccinated so their immune systems aren't damaged, but then we want their immune systems to be trained by being exposed to those things that, I'm not talking about like things like meningococcemia and stuff like that. Sure. I'm talking about measles and, and you know. And, chicken pox. And, and chicken pox. For, those, for those, instance, those yeah. Normal. And they don't need hepatitis B as those have things because they're never going to be even exposed to it. So you're going to end up taking uh, taking many of these things that are that are not even a concern and reducing the burden of toxicity in these individuals just by eliminating those things. That's going to do so much of a service to people just by eliminating the toxic substances that are in the measles and the chickenpox vaccine. Just eliminate and the flu vaccine, another one. Just eliminate mm-hmm. it. It's not necessary. No, it's, it's like statin drugs. There's no basis for prescribing these things. Uh, there's exactly. another another thing I would you know conclude from this PBS article. They need to be defunded now. They need all the money going into that's government taxpayer supported money. PBS, no, we will survive without PBS. They have been captured. They are now a pro propaganda mouthpiece for the vaccine industrial complex. They're saying, hey, how are we going to address these unvaccinated regions? Non vaccinated, I should say. And they're all about propagandizing for mandates, more government intrusion into your freedom to say, no, I do not want to be injected with toxic poisons that I would not put in my baby's bottle. You're absolutely right, Robert. I'm done. I'm done. PBS, you, you lefties that think PBS is the only thing that provides real news. No, pure pharmaceutical propaganda. Just so that everybody can kind of really get a sense of this, I'm just going to relate a short story. And Robert, how much time do we have before we go to break? A uh, minute and a half. Okay. In 2010, 2011, short, uh, in that time frame, we had, I think it was actually 2009, 2010, right after the Desiree Jennings thing that happened, PBS five different times contacted my office. They wanted to interview me. Each time categorically, I said I have no interest. Finally, a producer got on the on the phone with me and convinced me that and basically, basically we negotiated. I said, only if you actually interview three of my patients. They said, exactly, no problem, we will do that. Because after the 2020 thing and seeing how they spun the tails and all that stuff, I didn't want to, I want to make sure that they didn't end up trying to do the same antics. Well, a crew comes out there, they film three of my patients for six, seven hours. The producers got tears in the eyes. They interview me and it's, it's, a, it's a great, great session. They said, this is going to be amazing stuff. They asked him what the last you know, any message you want for the world, I give that message. Everything's great. When the PBS show aired on Frontline, none of that footage was shown. Not one single part of it was shown. And what they actually showed was a undercover camera in a briefcase showing the clinic and saying it reported me as a controversial doctor. That was it. So that's nine hours, six hours of patients and three hours of me, not one single second of it was there. And that's when I realized how corrupt even be, I mean, obviously the producer and everybody, they, they were doing this for the re- right reasons, and they were excited to get this on the air. But somewhere up higher, before it got edited, before it got produced, it was mm-hmm. shut down. Yep. You're absolutely right, Robert. PBS should be defunded. Done. All done with you, PBS. Folks, you're going to have to find another. Hey, how about right here on the Robert Scabell Show? You're going to get the straight story. Not corrupted by pharmaceutical conflicts of interest. Hey, SSRI drugs during pregnancy. If it results in the malformation of your developing baby, is it worth it? They're actually debating this. Yeah, no, we're going to talk about it when we come back. Advanced Medicine on the Robert Scott Bell Show, next. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show.
bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. All right, remember, upcoming events always in the show notes at robertscabell.com. We've got banners that link out to Dr. Batar and advancedmedicine.com. Also, his international best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And he's a doctor. He doesn't want you to have to go to see doctors. You know, that's, that's going to be a last resort. We'd love to teach everybody to be their own doctor. Of course, there are times where we need help and guidance. That's appropriate. But if that help and guidance leads to doing things that are stupid... Uh, yeah, we can't endorse that. Yeah, that's exactly right, Robert. We cannot endorse stupidity. Robert, before we go on with the uh, next thing, mm-hmm. there's a lady by the name of Karen that just made a very interesting point. She said, so if you had chicken pox, now you're at risk for shingles, next vaccine. This is another important aspect. The people that seem to get shingles, now I have not done a study to look at this, but Robert, maybe you looked at this, maybe you've observed this, but it appears that people that get shingles are people that have had these vaccinations. Mm-hmm. I have not seen people, okay, if you have the natural evolutionary process of getting natural chicken pox, yes, you've been exposed to that, that issue, but you don't see shingles. I, I don't see shingles in people that haven't had a litany of vaccines. No, and I in Particularly, uh, Dr. Batari, and we have covered this. In fact, there are news articles about this and, and, and peer-reviewed articles about the fact that shingles is on the rise since the introduction of both the chickenpox vaccine and the shingles vaccine. Right. Without a doubt with the shingles vaccine, but I was just wondering about the chickenpox vaccine, too, because, again, you're violating the natural physiological cascade. We, we, you know, we, we take an apple. We find one particular ingredient in the apple. We think it's better, so we not start making a synthetic version of that particular thing. Forgetting that maybe it's all those components within the apple that when we eat it, that's why right. it's the doctor away because if you, it's all, it's a natural component. So mm-hmm. with the shingles vaccine, the chicken pox vaccine, you're not you're not enacting within the normal physiological parameters. You are com- completely doing something outside of the norm. And then with mm-hmm. all these other things that are being added to the vaccine. Anyway, I just want to make that point. That was a great point with the shingles, and yeah. I, that, I'm glad that you pointed that out with the chicken pox vaccine and with the shingles vaccine and increased incidence of shingles and i'm just going to go go back in our memory dr batar we're the same age when we were kids uh of course we 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 never met any kids that were autistic or that that word i never heard it growing up uh also shingles never heard the word shingles growing up not until they yeah and so it's like where did that come from a genetic epidemic of shingles right when you started vaccinating for all of these things how did that impact the immune system and its ability to defend yep. uh, against a virus that normally in childhood is very benign. You get through it and you're better for it. Now, last, last uh, issue of stupidity in modern medicine, SSRI drugs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs. They're actually debating this. They're finding they're linked to diverse gestational malformations of the baby. And they're wondering, hey, I wonder if we should give these things because maybe serotonin is important to the developing of a baby. We've never really thought about that. And now they're saying, is it, is it okay still, or is it too big a risk not to give an SSRI to uh, a, a mom-to-be that might be depressed pre-birth, uh, in that sense? No, no discussion of the minerals, no discussion of magnesium, chromium, selenium, all of these things, or fats, things that could be deficient, resulting in manifestations of symptoms of depression. No, 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 it's SSRIs. We've got to give SSRIs. This is one of the problems with 
pharmaceuticals, everything is inhibitory. Everything is suppressive, right? You got beta blockers, you got ACE inhibitors, you got calcium channel blockers, you got uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Everything is inhibiting, stopping, blocking. It's creating more stagnation. It's preventing those 100,000 reactions per second per cell. It's preventing something from happening. And here's the thing. It's never smart to mess with Mother Nature. The way they created designer systems, it's, it's perfect. All we have to do is get the hell out of the way mm. until we take out the thing that shouldn't be there and give the body what it needs, and everything else is going to get balanced out. With the, with the exception of trauma, acute trauma or something like that, honestly, there is, medicine has become palliative at best. We're yeah. just trying to manage symptoms. And you know what, um, Robert, you remember that there was, there was somebody that had introduced me once, and they said that, um, this is, you know, I'm going to introduce a doctor. I don't know whether you were there or not, but I'm going to introduce you to a doctor, to the audience sort of thing. I'm going to introduce you to a doctor that is not very well liked by conventional medicine and even more hated by the alternative medicine group. Why? Because they're doing nothing better because they're giving uh, natural substances to cover up symptoms. We could never cover right. up symptoms. So yeah. I don't well, hear the music coming. So let's yeah. Dr. Bittar, that's the heart of advanced medicine, not palliative in a sense. We want to bring the power to heal back to you where it belongs by honoring what nature does and duplicating it to the best of our ability. Dr. Bittar, tell them what they need to know because we got to go. But the power to heal is absolutely yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show.